Hey everyone and welcome to the next to last episode of Ask Shane Anything for 2023. It is the Friday before Christmas right now. I am already long gone. I am back in central Pennsylvania in a little town called Carlisle getting ready for the holidays with my family. I have pre-recorded this before I left to make sure that we have content for you guys running through our channels. Hope you guys are excited for Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you guys are excited for the holiday season. Uh, no matter what you celebrate over this holiday season, I hope you guys get all the gifts, all the games, all the stuff that you want. Uh, I would also say too that like, probably the best I feel every holiday season is when I give somebody a gift that they really, really like. Honestly, that feels better than I think any gift I've ever received. So I hope you guys have a great holiday season. I want to thank you guys for everything that you've done for Sifted throughout the year. Let's get to today's question. First up, we have a question from Bachby. If or when Sony's games as a service titles fail, as I think they will, do you think PlayStation can afford to and will keep the developers and let them try to make a single player game before closing the studios down? Okay, that's a good question, because several of the studios that Sony has under its first party banner right now are there specifically for games as a service. The truth is, bets on games as a service is a long-term bet. You have to commit to it, and you have to stick to it. Unfortunately, the tides have turned a little bit since Sony decided to invest so much money in those types of games, so I can understand why your question would be asked. So, I guess the first thing I would say is that Yes, PlayStation has the money. I think it could it could afford to absorb at least one flop from each of these studios. Uh, the thing about it is PlayStation hasn't really spent a ton of money on acquisitions the way that Microsoft and Xbox has. Um, a lot of the acquisitions, even for big studios like Insomniac or Naughty Dog, the LAs for those weren't as big as you might think. Sony's been very smart about how much it spends on acquisitions. And so it's not that deep in the hole where if they had one game as a service flop, it would doom PlayStation or doom those studios. So I do not think that those studios that you're talking about are one and done. I do believe that they will get another chance to prove themselves if their first game doesn't hit because per Pactor, these publishers aren't counting on every game as a service hitting. It's a bet where you throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and you hope just one or two sticks because that's all you need. <laughs> you only need one or two games as a service to stick, meaning they become very popular. They generate so much revenue month after month, year after year after year. And that's what PlayStation's doing. It's throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall to see what sticks. I would even argue that if a studio doesn't do well with its first game as a service, they may get another shot at a game as a service instead of doing a single player game. A lot of that will depend on the studios. How much experience do they have working on single player games versus working on multiplayer slash games as a service style games. So uh, it's a case by case basis, but I do think PlayStation, I don't think PlayStation is going to be like, oh, we're going to make you make this game as a service game. Oh, it didn't do well. Now we're going to fire everybody. I really don't see that happening. I think PlayStation has the money and the wherewithal to stick with those studi studios for at least another game or two. Next up, we have a question from Khalib Twalai. Bethesda's games seem to have followed the exact formula for over a decade. Besides more triangles, bigger textures, minor game mechanic improvements, and larger levels, has Starfield really done anything to be considered notably different from its predecessors? Can you really consider this an artistic choice? Would you go so far as to call it lazy? Here's the problem. A lot of people look at Starfield and Bethesda as a Microsoft or Xbox company. And therefore, expectations for Bethesda and its games go up. And that's completely fair. However, you have to remember, 
the vast majority of Starfield, in fact, probably pretty much all of it, was built when Bethesda had to be way more risk averse. Imagine if you work on a game for 10 years and you put it out and it bombs. You are screwed. It could literally destroy your company. So Bethesda, when it started working on Starfield, when it wrapped up the bulk of development on Skyrim all those years ago, when it did that, it basically said, you know, we can't make a game that's going to be crazy risky. And the other thing, too, was if it had planned or wanted to improve the tech or the engine that his games are built on, that was probably the time to do it. So these were decisions that were made long ago about what Starfield would be, how Starfield would be developed, all that stuff. Those decisions were made long before Bethesda was ever acquired by Microsoft or Xbox. So... To answer your questions, um, has Starfield really done anything to be considered notably different than its prior games? I mean, the setting, obviously, is the first one. Um, I think also, even though it's one of the weaker parts of the game, the space travel. I mean, that's a big thing. Um, but at the detriment of not having as much travel when you're down on the ground as you might expect from an RPG from Bethesda. So... There are some trade-offs there. I think most people probably would rather have a lot more travel on the ground and just completely get rid of the uh, space travel because it ended up being kind of frivolous anyway. So, um, is there anything that makes it notably, notably different other than the setting? Not a lot. Um, the tech, the game looks better, but you already mentioned that, you know, higher res textures and all the technical parts of the game definitely improved over Skyrim. But you're right, the design is very similar, the way the games are snapped together are similar, other than, again, the space stuff. So, yeah, I would not call it particularly innovative. I don't think anybody thought the game was going to handle space travel the way that it was handled, i.e. making it basically frivolous and pointless in a lot of ways. So, it, yeah, it doesn't break the mold, that's for sure. It doesn't break the Bethesda mold. Now, the last question that you asked, is it lazy? No, not at all. This Again, this game took a decade to make. There's nothing lazy about a game that takes a decade to make. That's a lot of people busting their butts to make an entertainment product. And again, you got to remember, Bethesda, when they started working on Starfield, they were in a completely different place. And it had dragged on. It had taken eight or nine years. I totally understand why Starfield ended up being the way that it is. Now, Elder Scrolls Six. All bets are off. If Elder Scrolls VI rolls in and it looks like Skyrim again with better graphics, then I think we have legitimate grounds to be upset or angry at what Bethesda is doing with this development resources. So um, I give it a little bit of a pass for Starfield. And by the way, Starfield is still a good game. Like, let's not act like it's trash. It's still a good game. So I'll give them a little bit of a pass for Starfield, but all bets are off when the Elder Scrolls 6 is finally released. All right, our last question for this week's episode comes from Sorfear. Game Face Q&A seems like a popular part of the show, but sometimes gets cut for time. Have you ever considered a separate show where you and Matt answer questions? We just take an extra 30 minutes after you have done Game Face and had a break. Questions could be pre-picked and answered live or pre-recorded. Okay, so we get questions like this every once in a while. Can we find something more for Matt to do? Believe me, I'm the first one thinking that. Before any of you guys have thought of it, I thought of it a long ago. Matt is amazing. Matt's a great guy. Matt does a great job talking about things that he's very passionate about. As I said on a recent episode of Game Face, I have given Matt carte blanche to do whatever he wants with all the gear sitting in the studio there. So if he wants to do anything else, he can totally do it. And he can do it with whoever he wants. And I give him creative freedom to do what he wants. He just 
doesn't want to do it. <laughs> like that's just the truth. So um, I've offered for him to do a pop culture podcast where he just talks about movies and TV. I've offered a bunch of different things to him, but ultimately he's just not interested in doing it. And that's totally his right. Um, he is lucky to be in a financial situation where he doesn't have to worry about making more money. So that doesn't motivate him. The only thing that he's going to do is something that he wants to do, something that he enjoys doing. Uh, we should also be so lucky <laughs> to be in that position, but that's the position that he's in. So I float things to him. If he's interested in them, he'll come back sometimes and we'll talk about them a little bit. Uh, but for, most, for the most part, he's just like, no, I'm cool. Like, I just like doing game face and that's totally fine. Um, I want him to be happy. He's one of my best friends and that's what matters to me. So um, as far as like doing Q&A or a separate show for game face um, at the end of the show, here's the thing. Like, you guys don't get this. At the end of the show, I am exhausted. Game Face is like a three-day sprint for me. Literally, three days packed of work to do one episode of Game Face. And I am busting ass to get all that stuff done. And then still sometimes I didn't have enough time and like stuff falls through the cracks or whatever. Like the week before where I didn't have the log that I had worked my ass off on. And I didn't bring it with me because I have to worry about so many things. I'm hosting a show and running a TriCaster. I know that people can't connect the dots there. Like, you usually pay somebody, like, $150,000 a year to run a TriCaster, and that's all they do. I'm hosting a show at the same time. So, when I am done, when we hit that three-hour mark, I am done. I am exhausted. When I go home that night, I don't want to do anything, but I still have to keep working until, like, midnight on the show. Anyway, I'm a little offended that you're asking me to do more work after I do a three-hour broadcast if you can't figure that out. Like, that's crazy, man. Like, come on. Cut me a break. Like, I'm not a robot. I'm a human being. So, no, that's never going to happen. Like, sometimes it gets cut because we run out of time. I'd rather talk about games than do Q&A because I do this every week. Every week, you guys have a conduit to ask me questions in a separate show. So, to me, stuff for Game Face... I'd rather talk about the games and get the, the actual content into the show. And if you have time for Q&A, if you have time for Name That Game, that's awesome. But we're here first to talk about games. That's what we do. All right, that's it for this Christmas episode of Ask Shane Anything. Again, Christmas is a few days away, but I won't talk to you guys until it hits. So hope you guys have an awesome holiday season. Also, by the way, uh, there's a QR code on the screen right now. It's almost Christmas. If you want to buy me a beer for Christmas, and I'm probably out right now with my buddies because it's Friday, now that I think about it, this very moment, I'm probably out with my buddies in Pennsylvania having a couple beers. Um, if you'd like to buy me a beer, just use your camera, to scan that QR code, it'll take you straight to the donation page. And again, you don't have to be logged in anymore to use the donation page. It's a change that we just made this week. So thanks, everybody. You guys have been awesome. You guys have already given me so many Christmas gifts throughout this year. Just supporting us is enough. But we like to put the option out there in case people want it. So Merry Christmas to those of you who celebrate Christmas. And I hope a happy holiday season to all of you guys who celebrate something else. We'll see you guys next Friday. <laughs>